So today is Gopastami, the day on which Krishna and Balaram and other boys their age, who previously had tended the cows, were given charge, excuse me, they had previously tended the calves, and now they were given charge of the cows. Uh, this event is described in uh, Srimad Bhagavatam 10.15.1 Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Shri Shuko Vacha Tatascha Pogandavaya Shrito Vraje Babu Vatustao Pashupala Samato Gascharayan Sati be some umpadair, Vrindavanam punya ativa chakra too. Vrindavanam punya ativa chakritu. Shishuka Uvacha, Shishuka Dev Goswami said, Tata, then, Cha, and Poganda Vaya, the age of Poganda, years six to ten, Shritao, attaining, Rajay, in Vrindavan, Abhuvatu, they, Rama and Krishna, became Tau, the two of them, Pashupal, as cowherds, Samatau, appointed, Ga, the cows, Charyantau, tending, Sakibi Samam, along with their friends, Padai, with the marks of their feet, Vrindavanam, Sri Vrindavan, Punyam, auspicious, Ativa, extremely, Chakratu, they made. Translation Shukadeva Goswami said, When Lord Rama and Lord Krishna attained the age of Poganda, six to ten, while living in Vrindavan, the cowherd men allowed them to take up the task of tending the cows. Engaging thus in the company of their friends, the two boys rendered the land of Vrindavan most auspicious by imprinting upon it the marks of their lotus feet. Purport 
Lord Krishna wanted to encourage his cowherd boyfriends who had been swallowed by Agasura and then stolen by Lord Brahma. Therefore, the Lord decided to bring them into the palm tree forest called Talavam, where there were many delicious ripe fruits. Incidentally, once, uh, <laughs> once I was riding on a train with Srila Prabhupada in India, and uh, a, a few of us came into his uh, compartment, and he he asked uh, us to read Krishna book. And we read this uh, uh, about this pastime of uh, of Talavan, and uh, the uh, in which the coward boys tell Krishna that um, you know the the uh, the fruits of of this uh, Talavan smell very delicious. But we cannot enjoy them because of the uh, demons there. So please, uh, uh, please kill the demons, and then we can enjoy the fruits. And hearing this, Srila Prabhupada uh, opened his eyes wide and smiled broadly and said, "Just see." how the coward boys are trying to engage Krishna for their sense gratification. <laughs> so, since Lord Krishna's spiritual body had apparently grown slightly in age and strength, the senior men of Vrindavan, headed by Nanda Maharaj, decided to promote Krishna from the task of herding cow, calves to the status of a regular cowherd boy. He would now take care of the full-grown cows, bulls, and oxen. Out of great affection, Nanda had previously considered Krishna too small and immature to take care of full-grown cows and bulls. Now this shift of Krishna taking care of the cows rather than the calves had uh, great implications because when Krishna was younger, in the uh, Kumara age, before Poganda, he would uh, take care of the calves, but they would do so just outside the Vrindavan village. They would never go very far away, and they would only be uh, herding the calves for a short period of time. And then they would come back. And uh, so Mother Yashoda was quite satisfied with that arrangement. 
Actually, she would have preferred if she could see Krishna all the time. But because <laughs> Krishna was born in a cowherd community, it was his uh, duty to take up some service. And so, uh, in, in his Komara age, he would uh, take care of the calves. And as I said, uh, they would just go a little outside the Vrindavan village and uh, they wouldn't uh, stay away for too long. And, and Mother Yashoda uh, could live with that. But for Mother Yashoda, Krishna taking care of the cows was uh, de devastating. It was devastating because it meant that Krishna was going to go out into the forest. She wouldn't be able to see his beautiful form. She wouldn't be able to watch over him to make sure that he was all right in every respect. So for her, uh, this was not a happy occasion. But time marches on, and uh, and so Krishna did take up that service. So can we go back to the verse and purport? Uh, yes, this was a major event, uh, uh, and. Yeah, uh, the, the, the elders could see the changes in Krishna's body <laughs> as he entered the uh, Poganda stage and um, they felt, yes, now he can um, look after the cows. It is stated in the Kartik Mahatmya section of the Padma Purana Suklastami karti ke tu smitagopastami budai tadin nadvasudevo bud gopapurvan tu vatsapa. The eighth lunar day of the bright fortnight of the month of Kartik is known by authorities as Gopastami. From that day, Lord Vasudev served as a cowherd, whereas previously he attended the calves. The word padai indicates that Lord Krishna blessed the earth by walking on her surface with his lotus feet. The Lord wore no shoes or footgear but walked barefoot in the forest, giving great anxiety to the girls of Vrindavan, who feared that his soft lotus feet would be injured. So on the day of, we can keep this on the screen, 
for, for another minute or two. There's a reason why. Uh, so, on the day that Krishna was about to uh, go out with the cows, Mother Yashoda wanted him to wear uh, shoes because she didn't want his uh, soft lotus feet to be injured by uh, thorns or pebbles on the way. But Krishna said uh, that he will he will wear. Sh- uh, foot, foot gear only if all the cows also wear foot gear. He didn't want to have something that the cows didn't have. And considering that, uh, that Nanda Maharaj had 900,000 cows and each of them had four hoofs, <laughs> for Mother Yasoda to provide <laughs> footgear for all the cows was not possible. But it's described that the cows were very uh, concerned about Krishna's uh, soft lotus feet. Because in Vrindavan, all the creatures are devotees, they're all Krishna conscious. They all love Krishna and want to serve Krishna and see that he's comfortable and happy in in every respect. So it's described that the cows they they uh, with their hooves they beat down all the pebbles and uh, like pulverized them, so they became like powder. And, and, and they also beat down the, the thorns. And thus the, the path where Krishna was following the cows was very soft, like sand. And therefore, it could... Uh, preserve his uh, lotus footprints. And it's also described that all the residents of Vrindavan cherished uh, Krishna's lotus footprints. So they would never walk on them. Uh, he's walk on his his uh, footprints, but they would worship his his footprints, and so this is very uh, significant, as uh, it's stated in the purport. The word padai indicates that Lord Krishna blessed the earth by walking on her surface with his lotus feet. Um, it's also said that the earth is more fortunate than Vaikuntha, 
because in Vaikuntha, the Lord, Narayan, wears shoes. <laughs> Whereas on earth, Lord Krishna did not wear shoes. So, uh, the, the earth got to feel the touch of his lotus feet and, and um, have his lotus footprints, uh, impressions of his lotus feet upon her surface. So, now, there was a, a, a ceremony to celebrate uh, Krishna's uh, coming of age and uh, taking care of the cows. But uh, the, w one of the ceremonies was meant only for the cowherd men and boys. But Shimati Radharani also wanted to enjoy the fun. And so, because of her resemblance to Subhalsaka, she donned his dhoti and other garments and joined Krishna. Thus, on the occasion of Janmashtami, uh, excuse me, on the occasion of Gopastami, in temples in Vrindavan especially, uh, Shimati Radharani is dressed as a cowherd boy. And you can see that in our Krishna Balaram uh, temple in Vrindavan. And dressed as she is as a cowherd boy, you can see her lotus feet. And so Gopastami and Radhastami are generally the only two days in the year uh, when one can see Shimati Radharani's lotus feet. So the Lord is very kindly disposed toward the cows and the Brahmins, Go Brahmana Hitaya, and whoever serves them becomes dear to him too. Knowing this, devotees observe a special festival on the Gopastami day dedicated to the worship of cows. In Vrindavan especially, but also the world over, devotees begin the festival by brushing the cows, painting their horns and bodies with artistic designs, and hanging flower garlands around their necks. Then a cow and her calf are selected, and an arati is offered to them. During the arati, devotees sing the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra, and then they feed the cow, her calf, and indeed, the entire herd, bananas, balls of gore, jaggery, and fresh grasses. Some devotees also recite uh, a mantra uh, in, in, from Hari Bhakti Vilas, 
May cows stay in front of me. May cows stay behind me. May cows stay on both sides of me. May I always reside in the midst of cows. At the Iskan Goshala in Vrindavan, this program ends with a breakfast feast served to the participants in the cow sheds. So it's a very blissful uh, celebration, a uh, very blissful celebration. Now, Gopastami also has a special uh, significance uh, in that means for us, followers of Srila Prabhupada, uh, because uh, just before Srila Prabhupada departed this world, he expressed a desire to go by bullock cart to Govardhan Hill uh, on the occasion of Govardhan Puja. And Srila Prabhupada's health really would not have allowed him to sustain that journey. There was some controversy amongst Srila Prabhupada's disciples about whether he should go or not. And beyond that, what their duty as disciples was. Uh, but that would be a bit of a, 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 a another discussion. An interesting one, but not so relevant to today's topic. Four days after Prabhupada's disappearance, on November 18th, Gopastami, the date when Krishna came of age and was given charge of the cows, to fulfill Srila Prabhupada's desire to go on Parikrama and to have his association along the way, the devotees took a small brass deity of him to Govardhan Hill. We set out after Mangalarti with Prabhupada present in his small deity form and a large framed photo. The deity was placed on the back seat of his car between Upendra and Tamakrishna. Bhavananda Achutananda and a devotee driver sat in the front. Other devotees, including me, followed in a bus. We went first to Radhakund and Prabhupada's deity was placed on the Sangam, the strip between Radhakund and Shamakund, where there is a shrine with Govardhan Shilas. 
as we performed kirtan, I had the clear realization that the deity and Srila Prabhupada were the same. The deity was actually him. There was no difference. It was so tangible. I began to cry, but I was happy. Prabhupada was right there, still with us. Prabhupada had told Krishna Das Babaji, You will take bath in Radhakund on my behalf. And Tamal Krishna had said, We'll get you better, Srila Prabhupada, and you will be able to take bath there personally. Krishna will make our words come true. And there he was <laughs> in his deity form. Chutananda performed an Abhishek ceremony and Prabhupada's golden form was lowered into the cool waters of Radhakund. Three times he bathed as we gazed at his body in the water. Then Jayapataka carried Prabhupada on his head and bathed him three times in Shamakund. Prabhupada was dried and dressed in a new silk cloth, placed on his palaquin, and offered full arti as the devotees chanted Jai Srila Prabhupada. And then with kirtan, we circumambulated those two most sacred ponds. Next we went around Govardhan, where we carried Prabhupada in procession on his beautifully decorated palanquin. As we circumambulated the mountain, Tamal Krishna recounted, no longer did our hearts burn from separation. We were there with Prabhupada again. We were so glad to see him riding again on his palanquin, leading us as always giving us shelter. It was a cool day and our walking created dust, the whole atmosphere becoming filled with dust. We could only remember Krishna coming home from tending the cows. When we got to Govindakund, where Srimadavendra Puri had found the Gopal deity, and Indra had performed Abhishek to Krishna, we stopped, listened to the nectar of instruction, verses 9 to 10, and sprinkled some of the sacred kund water on Prabhupada's head. As we proceeded, the devotees spoke only of Prabhupada, remembering his pastimes and recounting his glories. We especially recalled his final two weeks, which had been so sweet, appreciating how he had given us his last months solely to deepen our love for him. By his mercy, he had simply laid on his bed week after week, 
with no other purpose than to attract us. As we wound around the hill on its uneven paths, eight miles, taking us three hours, Tamal Krishna reflected that Prabhupada could have made this journey only in his present eternal form. Next we drove to beautiful Kusum Sarovar, where Prabhupada was placed high in a covered garden house, and the devotees took pleasure sporting in the water, jumping and frolicking and swimming. Recorded devotional music was broadcast across the Kund, and at one point the Vande Hum album began to play. It was an early album that Prabhupada had recorded in around 1968, and I had listened to it and loved it when I was a new devotee in the old Boston temple. When I heard the music again, it was just too much. I burst into tears. That evening, we all sat down and relished a feast, and then returned to Vrindavan. Back to home with Prabhupada, Tamal Krishna wrote, weary as we rode in our car. It had been a wonderful outing because Prabhupada had been present. Lokanath request, uh, reflected, considering Srila Prabhupada's last desire to go around Govardhan, his followers, his disciples, did take him, a small brass murti of him, and hundreds and hundreds of devotees and friends and well-wishers went. We were all thinking of Prabhupada, so we were carrying him in our minds and in our hearts. How could Prabhupada not be there? He was very much there. And incidentally, it turns out that that small brass deity is in the possession of a very nice devotee in Dallas, named Gopi Gita Dasi. And, uh, yeah, on special occasions she brings that deity to the temple. After the exhilaration of the outing to Govardhan, during which we had felt Prabhupada's presence so strongly, I was again beset by deep feelings of separation. I was constantly on the verge of tears, and any slight remembrance of him could set me off. Looking for solace and guidance in Prabhupada's book, books, I came across a section that addressed the disappearance of the spiritual master. Srimad Bhagavatam 428-45-55 so I won't, uh, uh, of course it's a very beautiful uh, section in Srimad Bhagavatam and it's, 
exactly to the point of the departure of the spiritual master, but it's not exactly on our topic today, although in a broader sense our topic is Srila Prabhupada, so it is to the topic, but specifically we've uh, we've come to discuss um, Gopastami. But that Gopastami in 1977 was so special because uh, because we took Srila Prabhupada on Parikrama to Govardhan Hill and fulfilled his last expressed desire that he wanted to um, go to Govardhan Hill. So... If you like, we can um, ask devotees if um, they want to add anything, you know, say anything or ask any questions on this auspicious occasion. Uh, yes, Maharaj. Rajendra Nandana would like to ask a question. You would unmute, unmute yourself. Oh, he's here, but he just wanted to say hi. <laughs> <laughs> you mean he's with you? He's, no, he's. His grace, Rajendra Nandana, is here. He's on the call. He's on the call. Oh, oh, okay. Well, that's that's nice. Yeah, I feel uh, honored that you joined oh. us. It was so inspiring to hear you speak, and I never thought that I would hear you talk about our taking Srila Prabhupada around Gopardhan and Baden and Radha and Shamatun. That was, that was so wonderful, so wonderful. I didn't have any question to ask, but there is one that I don't know, and I was asked this morning, do you know what Gostasana means? Oh, no. I saw that on the calendar, and I also wondered. <laughs> but I, I I haven't uh, made the effort to find out. Yes, I just am happy to express my gratitude to have your company, Maharaj, and to hear you speak. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad you were with us. <laughs> Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna, would anyone else like to ask a question of Guru Maharaj? Ask or add any thoughts, comments, reflections. Maharaj, can you hear me? Yes. Yeah, this is Shanti Prayana. I am in Honolulu. And, um, Nandana, Hare Krishna, over there. Uh, I want to thank you, Maharaj, for taking the time out to uh, give us a lecture for our time zone. <laughs> no, it's a serious thing. We're out in the middle of the Pacific. It's the most um, geographically isolated uh, inhabited area on the planet, and we don't get uh, very many visitors, per se. And it's, this is one way to do it, if we could have more of it. Nice. nice. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hare Krishna.
Hare Krishna Maharaj. I had a question. Okay. What is it about the feet? You know, we talk, we're talking about how Krishna's feet are so special and uh, the gopis are worshipping his feet. Um, I personally am uh, really attracted to your feet. <laughs> what is it about the feet that is so special uh, for uh, devotees, pure devotees, and for uh, in relationship to Krishna and Radharani? Well, we begin our uh, service from the feet. We begin our meditation on the form of the Lord from the feet. Even Srimad Bhagavatam is considered of the, the form of Krishna. And so we, we begin from the feet, the first and second cantos, and then gradually we come to the tenth canto, which is compared to the smiling face of the Lord. So, and Krishna's feet are marked by not only Krishna's, also uh, Shimati Radharani's, but his, the, the soles of his feet are marked with various auspicious symbols. So his his footprints leave not just like the outline of his feet, but uh, those auspicious signs. You know, I think there's... Uh, yeah, I've seen drawings of Krishna's lotus feet uh, depicting those different auspicious symbols. Yeah. I don't know what it is about the feet, but I know when um, Srila Prabhupada was in his last days in Vrindavan, he was bedridden. And uh, so I, at, at one stage I was, you know, massaging his lotus feet. And we've heard the expression, the dust of the lotus feet. And I actually felt some dust on Srila Prabhupada's lotus feet. And I'm sure that they were s quite small particles. But in my consciousness, somehow my experience of it, those little particles of dust were magnified. And I felt, oh, this is the dust of the lotus feet of the pure devotee, the, the dust of the lotus feet of the spiritual master. And when I first joined the Boston Temple, there was a, a beautiful uh, picture, uh, 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 SS Bridge Basi print, of, called Murli Manohar, and Buri, it's one of Burijan Prabhu's favorite. I'll see if I have. He put it on the cover of his book. This. 
So I remember in the in in the Boston Temple, very new, very very new. But I would sit in front of this picture and chant, and with my eyes I would focus on the tips of the toes of Krishna's lotus feet, and I found them extraordinarily fascinating. I was just chanting and looking at the tips of his toes. And uh, I was just chanting, chanting, going deeper and deeper in the chanting and going deeper and deeper in my meditation on his lotus toenails, I would say, just the tips of his lotus toes. So, yeah. There's nothing, nothing like the lotus feet. Sweet, sweet, can't be beat. Yeah, we should always um, hanker for the lotus feet and um, pray to be blessed by the lotus feet. Would anyone else like to add a reflection, ask a question? Oh, there's, a, there's one in the chat. Mohini Mordan. Mohini, would you like to say that oh, first? Yeah. Why does Srimati Radharani dress like a gopa on Gopastami? Uh, Yes, the reason is that um, there is a ceremony uh, celebrating uh, Gopastami that was reserved for uh, the coward men and coward boys. But Srimati Radharani also wanted to, to join the celebration. And uh, because... Uh, of her resemblance to the coward by Subal, she put on his dhoti and other garments and joined Krishna. And so on this occasion in temples in Vrindavan and elsewhere, uh, Srimati Radharani is dressed as a coward boy. Um, yeah, as a gopa. Specifically, uh, she uh, was pretending <laughs> to be uh, Subal. That was a nice question. Uh, Lalita Davidasi's got a question for you. Yes? what you were reading was very profound. Thank you very much. Uh, what I have experienced is that it is the sense of separation, even in my neophyte condition state that 
allows me to do better than I do most of the times. But despite trying to plug in with the process externally, that sense of separation is a rare occurrence. Well, yes, you can you can only feel separation from some one whom you're attached to, and uh, and feeling separation uh, can be an impetus in devotional service especially because the way to uh, mitigate the feelings of separation is to follow the instructions. For example, in his dedication to Srimad Bhagavatam, Srila Prabhupada wrote, you know, dedicated to my spiritual master, uh, his divine grace, Bhaktisiddhanta, Sarasati Goswami Maharaj. He lives forever by his divine instructions and the follower lives with him. So the way to overcome feelings of separation, if you want to say, is to follow the instructions. Um, As Srila Prabhupada often said uh, there's two ways of association by Vani and Vapu. Vani means um, transcendental sound or words and Vapu means uh, physical presence or body. In fact I had come to that point uh, when after um, Gopastami, I came back to the temple, and 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 I mentioned, you know, looking for solace and guidance in Srila Prabhupada's books. I came across a section that addressed the disappearance of the spiritual master, Srimad Bhagavatam 4:28, 45 to 55. And um, in this section of Srimad Bhagavatam, a wife accompanies her husband, who is a a king, into the forest, as Vanaprastas. And at a certain stage, she ascertained that the life had left her husband's body. And so text 47 stated, Being now alone and a widow in that forest, the daughter of Vidarbha began to lament, incessantly shedding tears, which soaked her breasts, and crying very loudly. 
in his purport, Prabhupada had written, quote, figuratively the queen is supposed to be the disciple of the king. Thus, when the mortal body of the spiritual master expires, his disciples should cry exactly as the queen cries when the king leaves his body. However, the disciple and spiritual master are never separated because the spiritual master always keeps company with the disciple as long as the disciple follows strictly the instructions of the spiritual master. This is called the association of vani, words. Physical presence is called vapu. As long as the spiritual master is physically present, the disciple should serve the physical body of the spiritual master. And when the spiritual master is no longer physically existing, the disciple should serve the instructions of the spiritual master. So, Yes. Thank you. Thank you very much. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Uh, Sita Takarani Dasi has a question. Hare Krishna Guru Maharaj. Hare Krishna. Guru Maharaj, uh, I am attached to the cows, but uh, <coughs> I am scared of them also. So I have a small money bank at home where I keep putting donations. What I wanted to ask, can we pray to the cows when we are in distress condition? And uh, how can we improve our relationship with the cows? Well, yes, um, it's very interesting. Uh, w- w- one year I went to uh, our Bhaktivedanta ashram at Govardhan, which uh, Tamal Krishna Goswami and I acquired, and 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 then um, Tamal Krishna Goswami put Keshava Bharati Das Goswami in charge of refurbishing it and uh, maintaining it. And uh, so one day I went uh, to the palace. It, it used to be a king's palace. For uh, Tamal Krishna Goswami's uh, disappearance celebration. And then afterwards there was a feast, of course. And then uh, Keshava Bharati Maharaj and I wanted to have a talk. Uh, there were devotees everywhere, and um, so we were thinking, like, where can we go that would be uh, peaceful and private to have our talk? So he said, well, we could go out to where the cows are, 
<laughs> and so we went out there and um, he quoted uh, something that Srila Prabhupada had said when he visited Gita Nagari in 1976 which is if you just spend time with the cows you will automatically come to the mode of goodness. And, uh, yeah, just spending that time there, Keshava Bharti Maharaj and myself, just by the cows, having our conversation, it was very nice. Very nice. Why are you afraid of them? I am, I don't know, but I am scared of so, staying in the city, how we can go close to the cows? That is what I was saying. Oh. Is it all right and mentally we can be close to the cows? Oh, yes. Yes. Okay, thank you. <coughs> Srila Prabhupada used to... Um, yeah, we, we, we had a very nice devotee in Juhu named Haridas. He's still there. Bengali disciple of Srila Prabhupada. So, I don't know, one day he was sort of fed up with the foreigners, so to speak. And he went and complained to Srila Prabhupada about us. And Srila Prabhupada said... Uh, Sometimes when you go to milk a cow, it gives you a kick. But you tolerate the kick because you want the milk. So. <laughs> Thank you very much. Hare Krishna. Anuradha has a question in the chat. I don't know if Anuradha you have to come. Uh, yeah, she was. Yeah, she should come. There she is. <laughs> She's in New Vrindavan where they have lots of cows. Please unmute yourself, Anuradha. Um, can you hear me, George? Yes. Yeah, we had a very nice um, Dopastumi celebration today with the cows. <laughs> oh, nice. Good. I'm just curious, Gohaj, um, you, know, you know how we're, uh, it is said that we shouldn't imitate, um, you know, like the Varuni pastimes of Lord Balaram. So I just wonder, it's so charming to see the girls dressed like uh, gopas and gopastami, you know, putting on pavis and is that okay? I just I think it's so charming, but I, I feel like I feel like sometimes that just leads us to be criticized and it is that an okay practice? Oh, is that something in Vrindavan? No. <laughs> No, but when I was living in Vrindavan, in Vrindavan, India, and Mayapur, the girls, you know, they would all do it. It was just, it was so beautiful. Oh, okay. 
uh, I guess, uh, so you're saying the girls would dress up as coward boys on Gopasi? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I guess if it was good enough for Radharani and her intimate girlfriends, it should be good enough for our girls. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Hare Krishna, uh, Manish has a question. Yes, Manish, unmute yourself. Hare Krishna, Guru Maharaj. Please accept my benefit, uh, Pranam. Uh, Guru Maharaj, I uh, want to know that uh, why this Radharani, uh, you know, gives darshan of her lotus feet only during Radhaashtami and Gopashtami. Is there a particular reason for doing so? Uh, well, her... I guess there's different ways of looking at it, but... No, she's a chaste lady, and um, she keeps her feet covered, except on those two occasions. And then it makes it more special when we can see her lotus feet on those two occasions. But it's a tradition in deity worship that um, her lotus feet are not exposed. Yeah. Thank you, Guru Maharaj. Hare Krishna, there's a um, uh, Krishna Priya in the chat has a question. I don't know, uh, Krishna Priya, if you want to come on video. Yes, it is. It is. There's a full description of it in my uh, forthcoming book. Yes. Which, uh, it's at the printer in Mumbai now. And uh, it's being printed by the BBT under His Holiness Devamrita Swami. And Devamita Swami said it should take two months to print. So uh, we're hoping that it will be ready by January 14th, which is the anniversary of the opening of the Juhu Temple. But if not, it, it, it should be ready soon. It means um, by the end of January or so. Yeah. 
It's all there. Thank you for asking. Thank you, Maharaj. Hare Krishna. Everything in every temple is authorized or bona fide. I, I personally can, cannot understand why Lord Chaitanya would be dressed as a gopi. Radharani didn't dress as Krishna, she dressed as Subal. Um, yeah, I, I really don't I don't know why Lord Chaitanya should be dressed as a gopi. Rajendra Nandan Prabhu, do you want to say something? If you don't mind, Maharaj, the only time I can think of Lord Chaitanya dressing as a gopi is when they enacted the play at Chandrasekhar's uh, home. <laughs> That's true. Of the and uh, in terms of deity worship, the only place I've ever heard or seen that is it. Uh, what's the name of the deity in Navadvip? Vishnu Priya's uh, Dhaneshwara. Uh, other than that, I wouldn't. I, it, it doesn't sound right, does it? Yeah. Thank you for that. Hare Krishna. Okay. All right, Krishna, uh, we have a question from Cruiser, Bhakta Cruiser. Hey, thank you. Um, in your Bhagavatam kind of lesson, you mentioned the part with the cowboys and the red fruit trees, and you said Prabhupada was talking to one of his talks about uh, how even the cowboys were asking Krishna to help them get the fruits, and I thought maybe you could elaborate on that a little? Yes. Uh, 
Krishna's pastimes in Vrindavan are called Naralila. Uh, Nara means like human being, man, human being, and Lila means pastimes. So in uh, the in the pastimes in Vrindavan, the uh, devotees do not think of Krishna as being God. They just think of him as being their beloved child or dear most friend or uh, in whatever their relationship is. So, you know, generally, uh, as I mentioned earlier, all the devotees, they want to see to Krishna's uh, comfort and happiness in, in all respects. Um, but sometimes they express their desire as a selfish desire. But it's not actually selfish. But they express it as a selfish desire uh, so that Krishna will enjoy. You know, I'll, I'll give an example. In, uh, in uh, the Gopi Gita, the Gopi songs of separation from Krishna, uh, Canto 10, Chapter 31, they say things like, um, you know, please, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, fulfill, they, they say it more graphically, but in, in this context, basically they just are asking Krishna to fulfill their lusty desires. But actually all the Shastras proclaim that the gopis have no lusty desires, that their love is completely pure. But they express it as lusty desires for Krishna's sake, because they know that he will enjoy uh, reciprocating in love with them. And an example is given that if, uh, uh, this is uh, from Srila Vishwanath Chakrabarti Thakur, an example is given that suppose someone <coughs> comes to your home uh, and you ask him, uh, are you hungry? Would you like me to prepare something for you? So, you know, he's not going to want to put you to any trouble. So he'll say no. But he might be hungry. But he's not going to say that he's hungry because he doesn't want to uh, put you into trouble. So the host, knowing that to be the case, will say, oh, I was just about to prepare an offering for my deity. 
So why don't you stay? I'll, 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 I'll offer the food to my deity and then you can also have the remnants. He doesn't really need to offer it. I mean, of course, if he's going to cook, he needs to offer it. But he, he doesn't really need to cook. But he's saying that he wants to cook so that the other person can eat. So the gopis are, are asking Krishna to fulfill their desires. But actually, <laughs> they're only saying that because they want Krishna to fulfill his desires. You understand the uh, comparison? Um, so yeah, that's a very... Uh, it's a very uh, important point. And although uh, the gopis speak in that way, but in the very last verse of, of that chapter, Canto 10, Chapter 31, and they don't usually speak like this, but the Acharyas say that, what, that in... Um, intense feelings of separation they do express their their love for Krishna rather than that uh, <laughs> apparent lust uh, and in the very last verse because of intense feelings of separation they they say you know our hearts dwell in you and uh, we feel we, we feel pained with the thought that your soft lotus feet will be pricked by thorns and pebbles when you walk on the path. Uh, but that's 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 exceptional that they express themselves like that. But that shows really their underlying feeling. But it's usually expressed in a crooked way. Yeah, Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur says that the uh, that the paths in Vraja are very crooked. <laughs> so they say, you know, please fulfill our desires, but actually they want Krishna to they want to fulfill Krishna's desires. I see her. Why don't you just say what the question is? It's regarding that I have an uncle and he is a Jain. Sorry? Because I, my uncle, he is a Jain from Jain family community. Yeah. So he loves to take care of the sick cows. 
wherever we find some stray cow or some cow who has food is physically ill so he bring those cows and he has a small goshala and he all the cows there are sick cows so i wanted to ask how can we guide such people that because they don't believe in krishna so how can we guide such people what will be their destination so that was my question uh well if you have an uncle who's jain yeah does that mean you are also jain i was jain but not now <laughs> <laughs> now you're krishna conscious of course uh well i mean it's good that he's taking care of the cows uh and of course i guess with him being in a superior position as an uncle he might not be so receptive to taking instruction from his niece yeah sure uh do you have any relatives that are of his generation who are yes. are my mother is there my auntie is there and are they krishna conscious at all no they all are jain my mother is following because i guide her um, so she's following she's chanting oh good she likes to hear krishna's stories and on tv also she's watching all those kathas from regarding krishna and ramchand so she is into little bit of following krishna consciousness okay and she is making chapati every day for cows so <laughs> she is a bit into krishna consciousness but my uncle is not at all my aunt she is not at all they are staunch jain uh-huh. so oh. if we want to guide some people here also when we go for preaching so if there are some people like us if they come into contact with us how can we guide such people if they are jain but they are serving cows the only question was that yeah well i mean usually the best way to get through to people is through the prabhupada's books so yeah if, if you can give them especially the first canto has a lot about cows first canto of shrimad bhagavatam uh well, i think that would be an idea maybe yeah there's some very beautiful passages about cows in the first canto yeah I mean Prabhupada has strong faith in book distribution we do too of course so somehow we can give them some books or one book yeah
question because we're a little past our time. Um, and then we're going to finish with the uh, Hawaiian offering of a Hawaiian style uh, kitchen. Okay. Pragya Nagpal. Oh. Okay. Hare Krishna Pravya. Uh, we can't hear you. Those that you're unmuted here. Um, yeah, but maybe her microphone isn't connected or something. Yeah. Still don't hear you. Can I type, type your question? Uh, yeah, you can type your question if you want. Before we nice if 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 we could get milk from devotee farm communities where we know that the cows are treated well uh, but we can't always but uh, I mean Srila Prabhupada took cow's milk even you know from regular dairies and Krishna likes milk and milk products so we always you know we offer Krishna milk and of foods prepared in ghee and uh, sweets made of milk so I would say that um, yeah you can buy milk and offer it to Krishna, either you know, milk, or you can cook with ghee, or you can offer milk sweets, and it's it will be okay. Will be okay. Yeah. Yeah, Shiva Prabhupada said milk develops the finer tissues in the brain for spiritual understanding. So, yeah. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. 